If you have a Bible, you can get ahead of us here. Just go to uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And um, we're in a series that we are calling the Table of Grace. A Table of Grace. And I'm excited because this series is actually, we're joining with uh, churches all around the world. There are thousands and thousands of churches around the world right now. We are part of the International Church of the Nazarene, and, and all around, all these churches are doing this series together, this series about grace, and, and we're talking about this table of grace, and so what we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to look at actual stories in Scripture of people who sat at tables, ate together, and experienced grace. We're going to look at three different tables and this is all based off of one very significant table. That's the table we know as the Last Supper. If you're new to church and new to the scriptures, Jesus, before he was crucified, he met with his disciples and he had a meal with them, a Passover meal, which we'll talk about a little bit today. And when he gathered with them, he made this, I believe, uh, a statement of grace. And this is it from John's gospel. John's perspective, he said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, I am the way of grace. I, I am the, the truth of grace. I, I am the, the life of grace. And so what is grace? Like we, we, we just sang about it. We hear about it all the time. We talk about it. We say grace at the table. I, what, it, what is grace? How does it operate in our lives? And we're going we're gonna to look at that over the next few weeks. And so today, I want to talk to you about the way of grace. The way of grace. A, a grace that is our source. Turn to somebody and tell them, Jesus is your source of grace. Jesus is your source of grace. So Mark uh, 14, and if you don't have a copy of the scriptures with you, just encourage you to download version. And I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. So if you have a different one, it's going to read a little bit differently. But this is actually, so I told you that Jesus said those famous words at the, what we know as the Last Supper. So we call it. They had no idea. By the way, they, they didn't know it was the Last Supper. We do, and that's why we call it that. But it's not like Jesus said, and join me for the Last Supper. They had no idea what was about to take place. But before they went to that supper, Jesus was outside of Jerusalem, and we read this about the setting of the table. Verse 12 of chapter 14. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, we'll talk about that here in a minute, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to prepare the, Maso uh, the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of his disciples into Jerusalem and gave them these instructions. Now listen, imagine it like, this is, this is crazy. Okay, as you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water is going to meet you. Follow him. <laughs> Come on, that's nuts. That's just crazy. They're like, well, I mean, you're, you're the rabbi. You're the son of God. I saw you walk on water. I'm Go find this guy that's got the pitcher of water. Okay, he says it. What we're going to do, it's crazy. God's going to ask you sometimes to do crazy things, right? Go crazy places, give away crazy amounts of money. Ain't nobody shot me down on that one. Ain't nobody. <laughs> At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? 
He's going to take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. Think about this. Jesus is foreshadowing this whole event for them. That is, that is where you should prepare a meal. Okay. <laughs> so the disciples went into the city. And they found everything, just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Let, let's talk about the way of grace. Jesus is a source and the source of grace. Let's pray for your seated. Father, in this room, we pray your grace upon every person. Church, right now, before we even talk about grace, I just want to encourage you to receive it. Just, God, I don't understand it. I don't know all about it. I'm hoping to understand a little bit more. But what area of your life do you need grace? You ask him for it right now. And you can receive it before the word is even spoken. You can receive it right now. His grace in this room for you, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Have you ever had somebody do something for you that was extravagant, uh, like kindness that was almost awkward? You know, where they give you something or they do something for you that's so overwhelming. You're like, I don't even know if I can accept this. It's kind of embarrassing to accept this, but you go, but I'll accept it. <laughs> You ever had that happen? It's just so awkward. Laura and I had that happen to us recently. We had somebody who gave us a, a gift certificate uh, to uh, Ruth Chris's Steakhouse. Come on. So, oh, some of y'all are like, mm-hmm, that's the great. That's hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I had never heard of this place because it's way above my pay grade. So I'm like, uh, I mean, I, this is a place with white tablecloths. I go to places with pictures on the tables. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I, I, how many of you have heard of Ruth Chris's Steakhouse? Raise your hand. All right, keep them up, keep them up. Those of you who don't have your hands up, that's who you want to see after service because they're the ones, you know, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. So, uh, Laura and I, I mean, it was, uh, it was a, f when you go there, it is approximately $100 a plate. That's just the plate, no food on it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like, and, and so, I didn't know this, but it's at, it's at the casino, or as I like to call it, the casino. Some of y'all already knew that. You're like, well, yeah, I know. oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't, wasn't aware that it's at the casino. Uh, you're probably glad that your pastor didn't know it was at the casino, right? You're like, amen? Yeah, you're like, like oh, I know right where that's at. Um, so we go, and I park on the wrong side of the casino, so we got to walk through. we got to walk through the casino, uh, which was great, though, because um, I couldn't dress in my normal pastor gear. I had to, Laura said, it's our anniversary. This is a, this is a white tablecloth restaurant. You put on your suit. I own one suit. And I, I don't know, I think she just whistled at me, and that's fantastic right there. I receive that. Uh, and so I put on my suit, and I, I'm not going to lie, I look good. <laughs> I, I mean, just imagine if George Clooney and Richard Gere got together and had a baby. Bam. That's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, she was giving me the look, and I was like, uh-huh, that's right. Mm. 
So we go walking through the casino, and I was thinking, and I know what some of you right now, some of y'all are sweating it. Did he see me that night? Did he see me that night? Did he see me? He said, I was telling Laura, and we were walking straight through, like, all the blackjack tables and all that. It was great, though, as I was walking, I was like this, and I totally looked like a player. I mean, there were, people were looking at me like, wow, what a high roller. Look at that guy right there. I had no idea. But I was laughing because I thought it would be hilarious if I did see somebody from church because I'd be like, uh, hey, and they'd be like, hey, pastor, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> hey, better tithe on that. want to see a tithe off that. Somebody asked me one time if I'd accept a tithe or a gift off of a casino bet. Yes, I would. <laughs> Throw a lottery ticket in the offering plate. I'm good with that. God can redeem anything. So, <laughs> so we get to this restaurant, and I don't know if you've ever been in a high-dollar restaurant that's out of your league, but I was felt so awkward. I didn't even think I knew how to walk right. I'm, I'm not making this up. I thought, I, this is way, I don't, I don't know if I'm walking right. And then we go to sit down and it's got the tablecloth and the way napkin. It's got more utensils than I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know what they're to use for. I, I, I'm just lost, but I'm, but I'm so overwhelmed. The waiter comes up, he calls me, sir. I'm like, when I go to restaurants, they call me sugar. That's... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's where I'm hanging out. It was just, it was so, and then the, the steak, and then they, they, they brought it, and it was like, it was a steak. It was real. It was authentic. It was like, wow, this thing, I could cut it with a butter knife. It was amazing, and it just tasted like it was, it was like heavenly. It was unbelievable, and we were sitting there, and I'm like, I, why, this is crazy. What are we doing here? How can we do this? And, and because the certificate they gave us was so overwhelming, we didn't have to pay for anything, anything. Look at somebody like, did you hear that? He didn't pay for anything. I would like that blessing too. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what God's grace is like. It's just overwhelming. Like if you've never experienced it, it's just overwhelming. Like you, it's this gift he gives to you that you almost feel awkward receiving because it's so overwhelming and, and you want to repay but how do you, like, I, we were so overwhelmed, we thought, how do you write a thank you for that? I mean, just a new thank you wasn't going to do it, and that's how grace is. It's free, it's overwhelming, it's undeserved, but, it, but it's God's gift to us. And, and God, is, God has presented and given us this table of grace, and, and he's inviting us to come and sit down. And he's, he's saying to you and to me, you can have my kindness. You, you, can, you have access to, to my mercy, my forgiveness. You, you have access to, to joy. You have access to peace, you, to, to, to hope, to, to contentment, my, my presence. And you, you can sit down with me and you can, you can experience my power. You, it's all for you, you and, and it's free. And, and all you got to do is you gotta do is, all you gotta do is come and, and, and sit down. It's waiting on us. So, so how, I, I, I hear that, but, but, but how do I get this access to this gray? What exactly, and how, how does it exactly work? I, I want us to look back at this story in Mark chapter 14, because I think it, it really helps us to see this picture of grace. And go back to the first part of verse 12 in, 
in Mark's gospel where his account of it, he says this, on the first day of the, of the festival of unleavened bread, say this with me, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Now we'll stop right there for just a moment because I, I know for many of you, you've been in church and you study the scriptures regularly, so you, you know what this festival is, you know what the Passover lamb is, but honestly, I know some of you here, you're new to church, you're new to the scriptures, and you're like, I, I don't even know what any of that means. Let me just catch you up to speed here on this. The this, this time that they're having, this is something the Jewish people do every year. They still do this every year. They have a Passover meal. So what Jesus was doing was doing what Jewish people do every year. They have this Passover meal because they were celebrating this. This festival is a celebration of, of their freedom from slavery and bondage that they had way back in Egypt. I think... Uh, parting of the Red Sea. Some of you know the story of the parting of the Red Sea. Before the parting of the Red Sea, they were slaves back in Egypt and, and for 400 years, and then God miraculously set them free. And if you know the story, there were these plagues that came, and there was a final plague, the final plague where Pharaoh finally let them go. That was the plague of the death angel. But God, in his grace, this is how God always, God says, you can escape death. Death does not have to come near your door. He said, all you need to do, he's telling this to the Hebrew people, well, I want you to get a lamb, one that's spotless, that's clean, and I want you to sacrifice that lamb. Then I want you to take the blood, I want you to put it over the doorposts. When you put it over the doorposts, the death angel is going to pass over you. Like, you're going to experience my, my grace. I will have grace upon you. And he did. And after that event, they were set free from bondage. And they walked into freedom, and then when they were in the wilderness, they ate, anybody remember what they ate? Starts with an M? Manna. manna. They ate manna, and so therefore, now we have this festival of unleavened bread. It's interesting, this is not a coincidence. This is, this is not by chance. This is providential. Like, God chose this moment in history to show the world that he was making a new covenant, that there was a, a new Passover lamb, that Jesus would become that Passover lamb. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. He wrote this letter to the Corinthian church, and he said, it, he said this, Christ, Christ is what? Our Passover lamb. He's our Passover lamb, and he has been sacrificed for us. In other words, his sacrifice, his blood over the cross was grace poured out upon us so that we could walk out of our sin, our shame, our condemnation, and walk into freedom, amen? Yeah, you have freedom today because of what Jesus did. This is all symbolism. This is all happening and colliding history at this point in time on purpose to show us who Jesus is and what his sacrifice is all about. It's, it's this grace to walk out, but it's not just the grace to walk out of our sin, but it's this grace to walk into freedom. And it's this grace that gives us access to the table of grace. Every person, not just followers, every person on this planet now has access to God's grace. Everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you slept with last night. I don't care what casino you pulled a slot on. I don't care where you were. I don't care what CBD shop you frequent. That's not bad, by the way. I just thought I'd throw that in. That's kind of funny. 
But it doesn't matter what you've been doing. Guess what? Grace is for you. Turn to somebody and tell them grace is for you. Grace is for you. Everybody has access to this grace. Jesus, in that moment, he became the way. At that table when he said, I'm the way, he was saying, I'm the way of grace. Like, through me, you can sit down at this table of grace. And I just think this is really hard for us to comprehend in a society and a culture that is lacking in grace, right? That's why we don't understand it. That's why we don't accept it because you look around, we're not exactly great at grace. Just this last week, I was, at a, I was eating lunch somewhere, and it wasn't at a white tablecloth place. It was one of those where they have the menu across the top, you know, and when you walk up, here's how it works, by the way, in case you need some help. When you're in line, that's when you look up at the menu. That's why they put it there, and that's why you begin to select what it is you want. This is not the time to be having conversation with the person you don't know. Just for some of you that need that information. You find it, you see it, you get up there, they ask, you have already know, and you order it, right? So I'm doing this, and I decide, though, I'm going to try something different this time. Major mistake. Never sway from what you normally get at a restaurant. Stick with what you always get. And I was like, nah, I'm going to try the sandwich. So I get up there, and they say, hey, what would you like? And I said, I'll have, the, I'll have that sandwich right there. And the guy goes, oh, that's great. What side would you like with that? Side? There's a side with that? And I'm not kidding you. I just began to panic because I felt that hot breath and the flames of the people behind me. This guy does not know what side. He looks at this and it had a side. He doesn't know what side it was. I'm like, where are the sides? Do you ever do this? I can't find any of the sides. Everybody in the back, it's right there. Just order the green beans for Pete's sake. I mean, this guy then is reeling off all the different things. And I can't hear what he's saying because I'm feeling it on the back of my head. It's so interesting that we all want grace. But we aren't really good at giving it. So many times we're impatient or we're greedy or we're bitter or we're unforgiving or we withhold love. We are not a grace-filled society, but this is not how it works with God. Because we are in a society where it's like you do this and I and I will do this, but not so with God. God says, oh, you don't have to do anything. In fact, actually, what you, even what you've done, I'm still going to provide my grace because my, my son has already done everything that is necessary for grace. He, he is Christ, the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. So let's go back to Mark's story in the second part of verse 12. Jesus' disciples, <laughs> this is such a great question. They asked him, okay, uh, say this with me. What? Where do you want us to go? <laughs> great question. I think they were more like, okay, great. Where would you like us to go? Where do you want to go eat? Uh, I mean, if I'm entertaining the Son of God, I'm going to ask him, where would you like us to go? And I, I, but I think this is a question we all ask every single day of our lives. Uh, like, this is a really real question. We say, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? How do I handle this? I don't know how to, I mean, God, I, just think of all the weight and all the trouble and all the struggles that you're facing every day of your life. And you're like, yeah, but now this has happened. Now, how do I get out of this? God, how do I, 
How do I, I, I mean, I see that they can get ahead. I see that they can do this. I see that, that you're making a way for them. But, but for me, man, what's happened in my life, I, I, am I, is, 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 it, is there a way? Is there something you're going to, how are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? These are all questions that are very, very real when it comes to grace. I told you about Ruth Chris's uh, steakhouse. It was actually founded by a lady named Ruth, Fer, uh, I think it's Fernal or Fertile, I think is her name. I don't know exactly how to say her name. Let's see, it's Ruth uh, Fertel, I think is how you say her name. But uh, it was interesting about her story is she uh, was married and then her husband left her. And she was trying to figure out how she was going to make it. So she mortgaged her home and she bought this little tiny little restaurant in New Orleans and started this little restaurant. And I love that picture because in the middle of her brokenness, in the middle of I'm a single mom, how am I going to raise these kids? What am I going to do? God says, I got you. I'm going to give you my grace. So she opens this restaurant, and then it burns to the ground. What am I supposed to do now, God? You told me to do this, and now where, where do I go? Where do I go now? What do I do now? I got these kids, and what do I do? But God's grace was there for her to rebuild and to become what we know today. Write this down. Grace is there in the everyday. Grace is there in the everyday. Grace is there in the everyday, to guide, to support, to comfort, to enrich, to provide power, to provide wisdom, guidance, discernment, knowledge. What do you need today? Grace is there every day. Come on, turn to somebody tell them, grace is there in the everyday for you. Grace is there in the everyday for you. God has that. I think of these disciples, these disciples, they had access to grace every day, didn't they? I mean, they're walking with grace every day. I mean, that's, they didn't call him grace. I guess they called him Jesus, but it's like they might as well called him grace. It's like everywhere I go, you know, there he is, you know. It's like this is amazing. I'm walking with grace every day. And these guys, they needed God's grace. They were not superhuman. Over and over again, they needed God's grace. There was one point where Jesus is teaching. He gets done teaching, and it's late at night, and there's like 15,000 people coming, and nobody, there's 15,000 people sitting there. Nobody brought food. I don't know who set up this church potluck, but they need to be relieved of their volunteer duties. <laughs> and so the disciples, they turn to Jesus. What do we do? They're really hungry. And Jesus says, here's my grace. And he feeds all of those people. There's a, there's a point where they are out on the Sea of Galilee. It's the middle of the night, and this massive storm comes up, and they are, they are going to die. They are not going to make it through this storm. The waves are capsizing their boat, and they are crying out for grace, and grace comes walking on the water to them. There's a point where Peter, he's, Jesus is about to be arrested, and Peter whips out the sword, and he chops off this guy's ear. Peter's like, yeah. And then he looks up. There's over 500 Roman soldiers standing there. And he's like, uh, okay, I need a little grace right now. I need some grace. Uh, help me out, Jesus. Help me out. 
And Jesus, even though Peter did something stupid, how many of y'all have done stupid? We've all done stupid. Look at this. Grace is there in my stupidity. That's, we don't, we can't comprehend this. We don't understand this. You make the mistakes. You do the dumb things. You thought I should invest in this, go to this, marry this person, date this person, live in this place, take this job, go to this class, and it blew up in your face, and it wasn't the right, and you're like, oh, and grace, grace is there for you. Verse 13. So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. Say the instructions with me. As you go. Write this down. Grace is there as I go. Grace is there as I go. Like Jesus provided the grace to feed 5,000, and here he's providing the grace to feed 13. This is what I love about grace. Grace is there in the monumental things of life, but grace is always also there in the mundane of life. Grace is there. It's, it's as you go. It's as you go to work tomorrow or later this afternoon and, and you deal with that coworker. <sighs> and you need patience and you ain't got it. And God says, I'm going to give you my grace. It's grace as you study and you cram and you learn and you go to that class and you take that exam and you draw a blank. I've studied, I've done the work, I've prepared, and I got nothing. And in that moment is when God gives us grace. You just call, God, I need your grace. Would you just give me some wisdom, give me some recall? And God, God shows you his grace. His grace is there when you're at that doctor's appointment and you're in the exam room all by yourself and you, you got that robe on that you, nobody can tie in the back. <laughs> so you hold it like this. <laughs> and then you, you sit up on the table, but they have that little toddler step stool that you got to use, which just makes you feel like you're a child. You hop up on the table and feel like a sandwich wrap because they got the wax paper down and your feet are dangling. And you're waiting. Because that doctor is going to walk through that door and it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. And your heart is racing and his grace comes. I don't know what's going to walk through that door. I just know I need your peace. I know I need your confidence right now. And he says, you got it. Sit down at the table and receive my grace. His grace is there in the meeting. That's awkward. He's there in the phone call that you have to make, that you're on, that's so hard and difficult, but you have to make the phone call, and you do, and his, his grace is there. I remember when my kids were younger, uh, all my boys played basketball, and so we had a basketball goal out in front of our house forever, and we'd shoot hoop and have a great time. And so often I would, I would finish my day's work, and, and I would come home, and as I was coming home, I'd just be completely exhausted. How many of you can relate to that? I mean, you're coming home from work, and you've got kids, and you ain't got nothing in the tank. <laughs> and that wasn't just one day. That felt like every day to me. 
I got nothing in the tank, and I would turn the corner, and I would start to come down. And what's crazy about kids, I don't know how kids know this, but they got this internal radar. Like, they know when you are near the neighborhood, and all of a sudden it just goes, boop, you're on their radar. Dad's coming home. Mom's coming home. Boop, they're closer. She's getting closer. Boop, she's, she's in the driveway. I mean, they just know, you know, and they're tracking you. Maybe they have a tracker on us. I don't know, but they know. They know. And I remember I turned the corner, and there would be one of my boys, like Jeremiah, eight years old, standing out there shooting baskets. And I knew what he was doing. He ran outside because dad's coming home. Dad's going to shoot baskets with me. And I'd pull up in the driveway, and I'd jump out of my Suburban, and he'd say, hey, dad, dad, you shoot baskets with me? And I'd say, you bet, buddy. Let me go put my stuff inside, and I'll be right back out. And I, I'd go inside with every intention of coming back out. But I'd get inside, I was tired. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll eat. We'll eat, and then, then we'll go out, and then we'll play. And it didn't happen. And I got really tired of that in my life. So I started this ritual. I'd come home, and when I was driving down the street that turned into our neighborhood, right before I turned in the neighborhood, I'd just say, okay, God, I need your grace. <laughs> I ain't got it. I'm really, really tired. <laughs> and I'd turn that corner, and there he'd be shooting baskets. God, you got to give me grace. I, you got to give me strength. You got to give me something. I, I don't have anything. And, and I'd, I'd pull into the driveway, and I would get out of the Suburban, and he'd say, hey, Dad, you shoot baskets with me? And I'd take my backpack off, and I'd set it next to the rear wheel of the tire, and I'd say, you bet. And I'd walk out there with my son, and we'd shoot baskets in that July heat in my full, whatever I was wearing, sweating head to toe. And we did that until his mama walked out through the garage and said, time to eat. How many are thankful for God's grace? Undeserved. Undeserved, but so willing to give it to us. Psalm 139.5 says this, you go before me. And you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Look at that verse. I think another way to read that verse is this. Is grace goes before me. Grace follows behind me. You place your hand of grace on my head. I think some of you may need to take a picture of that scripture. You may need to write that scripture down. You may need to memorize that scripture. You may need to say it over and over and over, declaring that over your life. God's grace, it goes before me. God, you're going before me. God's grace is coming behind me. All the mistakes, all the struggles, all the mess ups, all the things I've done, all the things that are left undone, the things I didn't do that I should have done, that I, I'm not sure if I did it right, but God, you're there. Grace is coming behind me to do some cleanup. Man, I just am so thankful for that grace and grace is walking right beside me. Every step, everywhere I go, grace is there as I go. Now in verse 15, Jesus says this to him. He's going to take you upstairs to this large room. Say with me, that is already set up. Come on, somebody. It's already set up. Write this down. Grace is already there. Grace is already there. Before you get there, 
Grace is waiting on you. It's already there, the table of grace. Whatever today may bring, whatever tomorrow might bring, whatever is happening out there, grace is already set up. But how many of us have, how many of us have entered the room, but we but we've not sat down at the table of grace? Like we see grace. We, we, we anticipate grace. We, we, can, we can smell grace. We even see others that are, that are sitting at the table and they're enjoying grace, but we say, man, I don't know that that's, I don't know if that's for me. I'm afraid to sit down at the table because I'm, what if he doesn't give it? What if I can't receive it? Laura is uh, the tea party queen. If you don't know Laura, then uh, get to know her because she, uh, she loves teas, and she always is having ladies over, and she does tea with them. And I'm talking about tea tea, like high tea, pinky out tea, okay? <laughs> and, and, and when she does it, she's all out. It's, 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 it's all on, okay? I mean, she's, she, she tablescapes that thing. I didn't even know what a tablescape was. Okay, but she will scape that thing. Okay, uh, and and she'll put like this little runner on on the table, and she'll walk around it like this, and she'll just adjust it, and then and then she's got these weird, crazy centerpieces she pulls out from nowhere and just pops them into the middle, and she goes out and picks out weird things out of the grass and out of the yard, and goes over to the neighbor's house and takes stuff out of their garage, brings it over, and and makes this centerpiece thing and builds it up and looks at it. And, and then she walks over to the cabinet and she's examining her, her 345,000 teacups that she happens to have. <laughs> she's got to pick one. And so she pick, and then and she's, like, she's, she's anticipating the person that's coming and, and she's thinking about them and she's thinking about their personality and what they might be like and, and what they might be dealing with in their, in their lives. And, and she's thinking about they're going to come, they're going to sit at this table and, 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 I, and I'm just going to, I'm going to throw grace all over them. And, and then she goes and she picks out a specific teacup just for that person and she'll set that teacup down and, and then that person will come and she's just waiting and they come and they sit down at the table and they have this amazing thing and they get up to leave and they're like, this was great. And I, well, this is a beautiful little teacup. And she's like, well, that's yours. They're like, what? Well, that's yours. That's mine. And they take that teacup with them. I know that when I come down for breakfast, that ain't for me. <laughs> I know. Don't even try sitting at that table, Brad. You can sit over there at the breakfast bar. Because you're not sitting there. She covers it with a sheet like this. <laughs> Great unveiling that she's going to do. But I, I'll go up sometimes. I'll just peek under it. I'll be like, ooh, look at that. That's fancy, you know. little trip alarm on it. Boop, boop, boop. That I can't get near it. There's trip wires, everything. Don't go near this because this is, she will tell me, this is for so-and-so. Don't touch anything. God has set up a table of grace for you. And he's anticipating your arrival. And he's thinking about exactly what you need. And not only what you need, but he says, no, no, you, you, can, 
You can sit down at this table and, and not, not just that, but you, you look and admire everything and, and then you get up to leave and he goes, oh, no, 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 that's yours. You, you take, take my grace with you. All you have to do is come and, and sit down. That's it. Like, what is it, what is it, what is it you need? Come sit down. I mean, let me, it's like Jesus is on this side of the table, and he's like, oh, this is great. I am so glad you're here. I, 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 I've, been, I, I've been calling for you. I've been, I've been anticipating this moment. Here, here. You, you, I, know, I know the disappointment that you're facing. I know the, I know the struggle that you, you're having, but here, here, here. I, I, I want you to have some of my joy. Yeah, I know, I know in the midst of what you're dealing with, I know it seems like you can't have joy, but I, I can give you joy. Just trust me, just have some of my, have some of my joy. I, I, know, I know you don't know what to do. I know you're frustrated, and you're about to quit. I know, I know, I know that about you. You're about to quit, but that's why I invited you to sit down, because I, I, here, I just want you to have some of my patience. Just, just take patience from me. I, I know I, I know what they did. I know how bad that hurts. Trust me, I um, I went through the same thing. And uh, here, I just want you to have some of my kindness, and here have some of my love, and here have some of my healing. This is what Jesus is inviting you into today. Grace is at the table. Jesus is the way of grace. Grace is there in the everyday. Grace is there as you go. <laughs> and praise God, grace is already there. Father, we Pray your grace over this room. We ask you to give us your grace. Just want to encourage you right now in this moment. Maybe you haven't had a seat at the table for a long time. This is it. This is your moment. Come now and just sit at the table. And take that grace, that free, abundant, overwhelming, undeserved grace that he's giving to you. Father, we are so grateful for something we know we don't deserve. God, would you pour out your grace to us in Jesus' name? Amen.